and welcome to Biohacking with Brittany, episode 19 with my good friend, Kirsty Taylor. We've actually been friends for a while. We met over Instagram about a year ago, I guess, and have just like kept in touch and talk a lot and really just like share with each other what's going on in our lives. So it was really cool to have her on the podcast this week, and it's quite a different discussion. We talk about mental health, especially for millennials, and the role of social media, and really just the average things that most of us millennials are going through, with a bit of a spin, obviously relating it to health and biohacking. So it's quite different. It's definitely more of a discussion than an interview, but she is amazing and provides so much insight. She writes a lot for Medium and she has a book coming out. So we talk all about that and everything related to her business and her resources will be in the show notes as always. Definitely reach out to her. She is one of my favorite people from Instagram and I'm so glad that we connected and so happy to bring you all this episode. So let me know how it goes and message me like always if there's someone you'd love to be on the podcast. Thanks. So welcome to the podcast. Hi, how are you? you? Good. Thank you for having me. I know. This is a long time coming, this one. Oh, for sure. For sure. How long have we been? We are like Instagram friends, like the epitome of Instagram friends. So how long have we been Instagram friends for? I don't know. Maybe like a year? Almost a year? Yeah. I don't know. Something like that. And it's interesting because... I don't have a lot of like actual Instagram friends. Like I have mm-hmm. people on Instagram, but like people who I actually like know what's going on in their lives and like show more personal photos. Like there's not a lot of that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I have like my actual friends that I've met in person, but yeah, I think it's like you and maybe another person that's yeah. from that's, Instagram. Yeah. It's cool though. I like it. Yeah. So I would love for you to kind of like walk us through you, your brand, like you've shifted so much in the last year, which is awesome to see. And you really speak a lot about mental health now, relationships and all of these other things that I don't think you really did about a year ago. So kind of like walk us through your journey and like how you got here. Yeah, definitely. So I guess the best way to do or to talk about my journey is that for a while I went to college for communication and I was like, "Ah, I'm going to get into like marketing and do all that. And I traveled the world for a bit, did some marketing here and there, and really just was unhappy with that and unhappy with my last marketing job. And so I was kind of trying to figure out what I wanted to do. It was like a huge, like shifting moment in the sense that like, I really wanted to get into something that I loved. And so I took a part-time job and I was like, I'm really going to figure this out. And so I think when we first met was when I was really considering getting into like the nutrition coaching because back in the day, I used to be really into nutrition. I had a vegan blog during college, which took up like a lot of time and was really fun and I loved it. And my mom's a naturopathic doctor. So I've really always been into nutrition and stuff, but I don't know what it was. I don't know. I was just like, at some point I was like, it's not actually the nutrition that I'm that interested in. And I didn't see that as something I really wanted to do. So then it was like a subtle shift to, I was like, oh, well, maybe I want to be the person that writes about nutrition. And I had never considered writing as like a career. So that was something that was kind of new to me. I had always blogged and stuff, but yeah, I gave that a shot. And then I slowly started to do some mental health stuff. 
And then it kind of just rolled into that. And I was like, oh my God, mental health and stuff. I love it. And I also somehow am writing a lot about relationships and dating. But it's just very personal to me because I've gone through my own mental health journey. When I was in college, I had an eating disorder, and which lasted for like, it's always weird to say how long those things lasted because eating disorders are so like nuanced. And I don't know, they kind of are always sort of generally there a little bit. But anyways, it was like a four or five year journey. And I've always struggled with depression since I was in like middle school. And it wasn't really until I was like, all right, I need to stop like thinking that I can go to China and go to France and like my problems are just going to go away. And I really need to like stay here and like work on myself inward and find that happiness inward. So that whole journey that I did with recovering from my eating disorder and managing my depression, what kind of was a catalyst to, or is why I'm able, and I guess why I'm able to like write the way I do and write about the things that I do with mental health and stuff. And yeah, now I, that was back in January when I was like, all right, this is what I'm going to do. So I'm going to pursue. And it's been really great. It's been really awesome. Yeah. I think that you have found your place within this like social media online world of health and wellness. Like just the amount of content that you produce now is insane. I feel (laughs) like you write new articles like every day on Medium. It's crazy. It's actually, it's amazing. Thank you. Yeah. You're a very, very good writer. Like I don't, yeah, that's incredible. Yeah. It is pretty wild. Cause like, I, like I said, I've always written and it's just been like, as a part of my job or part of my blog. And then I was like, oh, I could do this full time. And it's so cool because like I'm writing about things that are so personal for whatever reason. I don't feel weird about sharing that stuff. And then people from all over the world and all over the internet are just like, oh, wow, I've gone through the same thing, but no one's ever talked about it. Or like, I've never really thought about it that way. So it's pretty, it's pretty crazy. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So what if like out of the pieces that you've written so far, what has been one of the most like ones that people have really responded to? Like what's one of the most popular topics? So I guess maybe this is why I've gotten into like dating and relationships. Definitely ones about my experiences dating people and like the type of, I guess to be completely blunt, like abuse. Like I went through a very emotionally abusive relationship. People very much resonated with that piece. And then I talked about the one time that I was physically abused by a boyfriend and people like crazily responded to that one. And it got picked Mm. up by like this publication in Australia. And I guess maybe, I don't know why those ones did so well. I guess maybe like people are scared to talk about those things because relationships are such an intimate thing that people, I was embarrassed. I didn't talk about the the guy that abused me, like both of them actually. I was so embarrassed and like didn't know what to say. And I was like, well, we're in a relationship. We'll get through this. But that wasn't healthy. So I don't know. I guess maybe that's why people resonated with those putting words to things that people are scared to talk about. Yeah. I think a lot of people are scared to talk about that and read about it. And maybe if they talk about it, then it becomes more real and like it kind of acknowledges that it actually happened and then it's not okay. And it's interesting, like the climate that we're in now with the Me Too movement and like everybody, not everybody, but a lot of people coming to light about things that they've been through. It's awesome that like you have voiced your experiences and people can really relate to you. And I think, I think that's why you've just like blown up so well is like 
you're just so relatable to so many people out there. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, I mean, I guess if I always feel if I don't feel weird about talking about everything, I feel like maybe I'm meant to do this. Like yeah. if everyone else is scared to talk about it and I'm not, then I'll be the person that will. So yeah. So for people who have been through physical and, and mental abuse, whatever that can look like, like what was your catalyst in kind of healing that? Like I know you never really yeah. fully healed from it, but like was there anything that you did that really just like propelled your healing forward, I guess? Yeah. I mean, I think I'm always going to say that the biggest thing is therapy. Therapy does wonders. Mm-hmm. And I know it has a huge stigma of being like a rich person thing, or at least in the United States. I have no idea how it is in other places. But, and again, in the United States, you're able to get, there are places where you're able to get very cheap community, like therapy, type, not community, like you're in a group, but just cheaper therapy from people, but that's been huge. And so if I'm going into like what I learned through therapy, it was just kind of uncovering is twofold. One, it was, I just lacked boundaries and self-love, like had zero self-confidence, had zero boundaries. Like there was many times I should have just left the relationships and didn't. So it's just, I didn't have like the self-confidence to create my own boundaries. And then there was just, you know, we're all we all have emotional trauma. Things happen to us when we're kids. Our mm. parents aren't perfect. No one is perfect. We are scarred in some point in our lives. And it's uncovering that. I had issues with how my dad relayed his emotions to me when, he, when I was younger mm. and seeing my parents' relationship. And I think that that greatly affected why I was able to put up with so many different forms of like abuse and mistreatment. And Yeah. So it was kind of both those two things, like uncovering the past traumas that are indicating why I'm able to put up with that. And then just self-love. I feel like a lot of it comes from like the confidence and the love. Cause if you truly love yourself, like you'll know that that's that kind of behavior and stuff like is not okay. Yeah. And what would you say are like steps forward for people to learn to love themselves more? Cause it's one thing to say it, And it's completely Mm -hmm. different to actually feel it every single day. Like self-love is so, so hard. Honestly. And okay. So here's the thing. I never want to be the person that's like fluffy. Like, I don't think my Instagram comes off like this, but I want to be the fluffy person that's like, love yourself every day, positivity. Because that's not how it is. Like, let's be real. Even the most confident person in the world is not confident at some point or has like some insecurities. Like, I think that's probably my biggest tip is to know that like it's not always going to be perfect and not to run away from the bad emotions if you're sad if you're like upset if something's triggering for you feel that emotion and figure out what it is that's causing that because trying to just push it away or cover it up or pretend like it doesn't exist is just going to make things 100% worse or just even harder but stepping into like actual self-love I mean I guess the biggest thing for me is I always talk about like creating like a toolkit sort of. So on the moments that you're just feeling very insecure or very sad, just having like one time my friend made me write out a number, like I'm 27. So she made me write out 27 things that I know will make me happy. Just little nuanced things. Yeah. It was actually pretty hard. So I was like 27. Oh my God. (laughs) But Figure out your list and don't make it generic. Don't be like, I love yoga or I love hiking. Like if you like really think about it, do you love hiking? Do you love yoga? Like do these things actually make you happy? Like 
figure out the most nuanced things that make you happy. Because in those moments when you're insecure or sad, those are going to be so important to step into because they're are to do because they get you out of your mind. They get you doing the physical and they get you just like doing more things that you can be proud of. Like I draw when I'm sad and I feel damn proud when I'm practicing that. And just things that make you feel better and they or if it's doing face masks or something, it can make you feel more self-confident. Like, yeah, it's really, that's what I do. Yeah. That's actually a really good idea. I love that. Coming up with that many would be difficult. Like I think, yeah. Like I mean, especially if you're older, like, (laughs) (laughs) but I was actually just talking about this the other day. I think there's this notion in society, especially like in the West Mm -hmm. of, it's not okay to be sad and it's not okay to feel depressed and like these like negative lower emotions. It seems that no one wants to talk about them. And if you are feeling that like, Oh, just feel better, go to the gym, do this one thing to make you feel better. So it goes away. And it, it kind of just like, people like to dismiss it quickly because I guess it's easier than actually trying to help someone go through it. And then social media, obviously, is just terrible for this because it's the highlight reel of everyone's life. And that's what I'm trying to work on. And I realize actually I'm probably pretty bad at is like really talking about how I'm feeling in the moment in the day rather than Mm -hmm. like having this caption of being healthy and like getting out and walking and like eating a certain way. But like when you're actually posting, you're like, wow, I'm actually really fucking stressed today and I'm pissed off and like, Right. So it just, there seems to just be this like lack of like realism going on. Transparency. Totally. And you make such a good point because, and that's a great tip too. Like go into your social media and any account that makes you feel less than or may, or you compare yourself to unfollow those people. Like, like you said, first off, those people, it's their highlight reels. And if they're making you feel shitty, why in the world would you keep following them? And especially how much time we spend on social media nowadays, it's really important to like be aware of what you're consuming. Yeah. I had to, something I did last year on on that note was I unfollowed all of the bikini models, bikini brands. I was following everyone because it was literally like these perfect bodies you know, retouched photos, whatever it is. Mm -hmm. And it made me feel like shit. It actually made me feel like shit. Yeah. I mean, it's kind of, that's kind of their aim is to make you feel like shit. Thinking that if I buy their product, I'll be better like those models, even though those models are beautiful. Well, they're just different. (laughs) They have bodies that most of us can't attain and that's why they're models. That's why like that, like, yeah, it's pretty, it's pretty interesting, but yeah. We should definitely be more aware of what we're consuming yeah. on social media. Yeah. I think people really need to just like take ownership of social media, what they're posting and who they're following. Yeah. It, it makes a big impact on like your psyche for that day. And even like on a similar note, like I used to go to a gym where my locker in the change room was right underneath a TV that had the news on 24 seven. Oh, and, really? Yeah. And it actually made me like just not depressed, but like sad about what's going on in the world. Was was it like the local news or something? The local news gets me anxiety. I'm like, I don't want to know that there's people dying all over. It's just like, I don't know. It's it's sad, but no, I mean, you're right. News is also the same thing. It's trying, it's like, what's it called? Sensationalism. They want to put out the stuff that's going to make us like feel sad and scared. 
Yeah. And it's just like too much. It's honestly yeah. too much. And there actually is a lot of good happening in the world and it just doesn't get yeah. the news. Like, yeah, totally. <laughs> so Wild. in terms of social media and mental health, like what have you researched or seen or written about with that correlation? Oh, interesting. Okay. I don't know if I've written too much about like the impacts of social media on our mental health. Actually, I'm going to be honest, I've never really written about that. I mean, I've definitely read a lot of articles about the whole comparing. Mm -hmm. And I mean, I do think that there is room to do good on social media. Yeah. But people don't really think of that that way because it's harder to make money or whatever. But I definitely think that, like what we said, we need to just be conscious of what we're consuming because if we're just constantly comparing ourselves, comparison is the thief of joy. I messed that up. (laughs) But anyways, yeah, that's a good question. I've never really written about that before, even though I'm on social media and write about mental health. Yeah. I also wonder, like, what if it is different for people who identify with, like, the masculine more? Like, Mm -hmm. my partner... I just like don't feel like when he goes on Instagram, even if he follows like fit guys at the gym or I don't know, whatever, these bro accounts, like I feel mm-hmm. like he doesn't compare as much as I would with like bikini models. Like I, I don't know if that's, I don't know. Like I, I feel like it's a more feminine thing, but I could be totally wrong. I think that's a really interesting thing. I do think that there are a lot of men suffering from the same thing that women do mm-hmm. and that that's really not spoken about. I mean, from what I've seen, which is very little of your boyfriend personally, on Instagram, <laughs> and he seems like someone that stays off of Instagram. So maybe like since he has so little, he's so little time in it, he's not as affected. But I know a ton of guys that are like, that go to the gym and watch people on Instagram and they have body dysmorphia and they're comparing themselves all the time. I mean, I think it's a little bit, I don't know, it's, it's interesting for guys because they're not going to be the ones to talk about it. So if it's plaguing them, they'll be the last ones to be like, oh, I'm struggling with this. But I mean, also something with women and it's weird and I'm not sure why this is. I'm, I've never really, I haven't read too much about it, but women for some reason are so quick to like put down another woman than like guys got bros and guys and their crews and stuff. Like they're so like ride or die in my experiment experience. And then girls are like catty and like go after each other. And it's like, we're in this moment of like female empowerment, but yet we're still so quick to like put each other yeah. down. And I think it's, that probably plays into it with the comparison when we're on social media and stuff. Yeah. yeah. There's something, I don't know what, like, I guess it's, I guess it's society based and culture based, but women just always compete with each other. Yeah. And yeah. even it'll be like females that you've never even met in person. Mm-hmm. But if you are both on Instagram in the same category, like both nutritionists, whatever, right. and like you're growing at the same time you're, or you're, you have the same message and this person gets this and this person gets this or this brand deal or this has more followers. Like it's, I think it's hard for women to understand that there can be more than one woman at the top, at the top. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know why. Like, yeah. I mean, I read something very briefly about this, which was like this, it was, they referenced it to like the sister wound and like it begins when we're like young girls and we're 
and like the whole like being called bossy and this and that. And it's like, we feel like we need to compete with other women. I don't know. I don't know. It's a really interesting phenomenon, especially in like the midst of all this like feminism and female empowerment and stuff. It's very interesting, but I think that plays a lot into like the comparison. Yes. Like, and why, when like, an Instagram model or something or like the Kardashians like go down. We're like, Oh yes. Well, actually the Kardashians are a different story, but like other Instagram models and stuff like we'll like celebrate that stuff. I'm like, that's still a person. Yeah. That's still a woman. Like, yeah, it's crazy. Yeah. And I think it's like in the corporate world too of like, there can't be more than one female director or there can't be like, or there is, but then, you know, they're friends, but like, behind each other's backs. They're like talking shit and whatever. Yeah. And I, it just sucks because it's not only women comparing and competing for status. It's also Mm -hmm. in how you look. So it's just, there's so many different things where we're competing against each other on so many different facets and it's like such bullshit and it's not fair. Mm -hmm. And I'm not sure what we need in order to eradicate that. Like, I don't know what type of shift we need so that that doesn't become a thing anymore. Like, I don't know. Right. Yeah. I mean, hopefully what we're doing now is like trying, trying to empower each other. Well, I mean, everything, everything just takes a slow process or everything needs a slow process of healing Mm. to really make true change. It's not just going to happen overnight. And if it does, it's not going to last. So hopefully we're, we're heading in the right direction. It's being talked about. We're talking about it. So like, how do you handle comparing yourself to like other females? Man, that is a good question. Along the lines of it being a slow change, I think just like, okay, so it was being aware of it and over time of being aware of it. And whenever I would try to, or start comparing myself, I'd just be like, get off the, get off Instagram or like scroll past them or remind Mm -hmm. myself that it's just a highlight reel. And then just doing that over and over repetition over time I just realized one day I'm like oh like I don't do that anymore like I can look at a girl that's like in a bikini for Frankie's bikinis or whatever and Mm -hmm. I'm not like oh I wish I looked like them I don't know I yeah it's hard to say what it is exactly that like really changed that really healed me in certain aspects because a lot of it is just repetition and time. But I guess awareness is the biggest one, being aware that you're doing it when you're on social media. Yeah. 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 I find it's like social media is easier to easier to handle it and Mm -hmm. kind of like understand and remove yourself from it. Mm -hmm. But I find even in like my personal life with my friends, like locally based, if people are getting married or having a kid or they bought a house or all of these things, and I haven't done that, I find myself comparing. And it's, yeah. And you know what? It actually really makes me depressed. Really? Sad. And like, and maybe not depressed, but like, I don't know what the right word is. Almost like, I get it. Yeah. You, when you were younger, did you feel like you needed to, were you one of those people that was like, oh, I'm going to be married and have kids by this age, this age, that type of thing? No, I actually wasn't. Like I, you know, I definitely want kids. I love kids. Yeah. Like I've nannied so much. Like I know you have as well, but I don't know. I don't have this like white picket fence that I've always wanted. I don't know. Maybe it's different now, like getting older. I don't know. It's weird. Uh, I mean, with age, like we do start to think about those things more definitely. Yeah. But I mean, everyone's life path is, everyone's life path is different. You got to go to New Zealand and live abroad and stuff yeah. and had yeah. these experiences that you wouldn't have been able to done or wouldn't have been able to do with 
a house and kids and whatnot. So yeah, yeah I mean, everyone's life is different. It's hard. Yeah. I think like navigating your twenties in general is just a shit show. And oh my God, yes. It's so hard. Honestly. Every, I know when we were younger, I was always like, oh, twenties, it's going to be so fun. But I actually read this. What book was it? I can't remember what the book was, but it talked about the emerging adulthood. So our parents back, back in the day were like, they grad or they graduated high school and they went to college or they got a full-time job. And like, that was like what they did. Like they went straight away. They got these jobs that were available for them more readily than nowadays. And that's just how their life path looked. And now we're at this point where we're like, we have social media and we can like see that there's like other things that we can do. And the internet is so huge that nowadays you can be a digital nomad and live and work from wherever. Mm -hmm. But there's just so many factors that like our twenties are no longer like, let's get married. Let's have kids. Let's do this. It's this emerging a time where we like leave our parents' place. We figure out who we are as an individual. We figure out our identity. We make mistakes. We grow, but it's so new and it's such a new path that everyone's just like, oh my God, what am I doing with my life? Like I am so lost. Yeah. And that's, I I feel like that's everyone in their twenties that I've ever talked to, even if they're the people that are back home with kids or married, everyone's just like, what am I doing with my life? It's literally like a decade of panic. Like actually, and yeah, no, it's so true. Cause like it used to be back in the day, you got married really young. You had kids really young, like early twenties, whatever it was. Mm -hmm. And then it just started from there. And now it was like, well, I came out of university at like, I don't know, 21 mm-hmm. and you're like, cool. Yeah. Like, now what? <laughs> Great. Now <I> <laughs> Let me just get a job. This is awesome. And then so many people take different paths, like kids, marriage, traveling jobs. And you look around you and everyone's life is so different. And you're yeah. like, what am I supposed to do? I think that's another thing is that it's so confusing for us nowadays because mm-hmm. we can see the person on from back home that's having kids or we can see like Kylie Jenner like having an insane life at 21 or just like some bikini model in Australia like living in Bali like it's so confusing for us because we can see like someone being a digital nomad or someone climbing the corporate ladder like we can see all these options and it's like oh maybe that's what I should be doing but wait maybe I should be doing this and so we're all just like confused like Mm-hmm. Even if you're sure, like, I know I want to do like writing and freelancing and all that stuff, but that doesn't stop me from being like, am I making the wrong decision? Should I have climbed the corporate ladder? Like my dad had said when I was in college, like, did I make a horrible decision? Did I fuck up my life? It's yeah. just all really confusing because of everything. Because of the internet, we can see so many different options. It's hard to be yeah. like, this is what I want. Yeah. Analysis paralysis is like such a thing. Ooh, um, I've never heard of that before. Analysis paralysis. Yeah. That's what I, I went through a lot when I, when I finished university and then I went into work and then I was like, I want to go back to school. Mm-hmm. It took me so long to make that step of like choosing the school and do I actually want to do this? And I was so, there's so many different options, but I learned that any step forward is better than just like waiting and not making exactly. a decision. So like, regardless of what you choose, it's better than just being like, oh, I could do this or that. Like we all have friends who are like, oh yeah, maybe I'll go back to school or like, maybe I'll try this new job. And it's like, just mm-hmm. do something like action is better than hanging out and doing nothing. 
Yeah, exactly. And wondering like, what if, if you want to go back to school or you want to try a new career, try it. Like that would so suck if later down the line, you realize you spent 40 years doing something you hated. Yes, exactly. And it's easier to do that in your twenties. Exactly. And there's less responsibility, of course. Exactly. So do you think like knowing that we have this decade of like unknown, Mm -hmm. like what, what correlation do you see that playing with like mental health? I mean, I think it causes a lot of people distress. I think it probably causes a lot of anxiety, a lot of depression because we're so uncertain and we have these, a lot of people have expectations from their parents being, you need to do this job and stick with it for the rest of your life. And maybe people think like, oh, I could be happier doing something else, but I have to go against my parents' wishes Or some people think I'm supposed to be married and having kids by this age and this age. And they're feeling like this expectation hangover of not meeting their own expectations or their parents' expectations. On top of that, they're feeling lost. And I think it causes a lot of people distress. And a lot of people probably are like feeling paralyzed too, either stuck or that they're feeling unfulfilled. They don't feel any purpose in their life. And yeah, it's sad. Sad. Yeah. Do you think like this generation, I guess like millennials have worse, but like, I guess just like much different mental health issues than, you know, the older generations? I don't, I mean, I think it's different. Definitely it's different, but I do think that we are at the point where we're at least making mental health known. We're talking about it. Like I talk about it, other people, other People talk about it. Therapy is less of a taboo subject. Mm-hmm. I mean, back in our parents' age, they were still doing, well, back when our parents were very young, they were still doing things like lobotomies for people that were depressed. So at least we've moved past that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but on a more serious note, people just weren't talking about it back then. I think people were very depressed back in the day, like being a housewife, thinking that was what they were meant to do. And having to like succumb to the man and like their husband and what whatever the husband wanted. So I do think that they're, but then again, I've talked about this before. Everyone's trauma is their own. Like you only know your own trauma. So we can be like, oh, like our parents suppressed their feelings. So they were so much more depressed, but like, we don't know what that feels like because we never went through that. So like what we're going through is each individual, what each individual is going through, like their worst is their worst. We can't be like, my worst is worse than yours because that's all I know is my worst. So it's like our traumas are our traumas. And what we're going through is what we're going through. But I do think it's really great that nowadays we're at least talking about it. And like therapy is made much more of a common thing and not such a taboo subject. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, So interesting. I was at at a hair salon last week and I'm Mm -hmm. friends with the owner and mm-hmm. she's probably, I don't know, like, like in her forties, I don't, I, I don't know, but not a millennial. And she's actually having a very difficult time trying to hire people on. Mm-hmm. And she talked to me about hiring millennials. And she yeah. just said that because mental health is so talked about now, it's almost like it's too hyper-focused and people mm-hmm. don't know how to handle stress. And then they say they have anxiety or they're depressed or these different things. And she just said, like, when she hires millennials, like, there's no grit, there's no perseverance, there's no, people don't know how to work through 
life stress or like leave it at home and then come into the workplace. So yeah, it's so interesting hearing it coming from like a business standpoint, like how it's impacting her. Like it's a great thing we're talking about it, but I guess like there's two sides to it as well. I think that's a really, really great point. And I never want to like put down someone's own struggles, but at the same time, it's like there is, yeah, we do need to be able to function and be able to not let like the smallest thing get us down. And I do think that's also happening in our generation. I totally think that's happening. And I want to, I don't know how to phrase this without using very like derogatory terms. Not like, I don't know. Some people are just being a little bit too babied about it. And I don't know. It's an interesting time. We are like the guinea pigs of the internet. Cause I all think it stems from the internet. Like we're all able to like see and talk about these different things. It's all from the internet. So we're like the guinea pigs of the internet and the mental health is a big part of it. Yeah. Yeah, That's so interesting that she said that. Yeah. That's really interesting. Yeah. And she's actually not the first person who's like, I've talked to about that. Like my old boss, I used to work at an architecture firm and he said the same thing. Like millennials are just like unreliable. Like they just can't push through. There's no like... And I don't know, like, I don't know if it's like the mental health awareness or if it's just like, we're overstimulated, we're on social media Mm -hmm. all day and we're just tired and we have no get up and go, no energy. Like it's probably like there's multiple things to it. Yeah. And then there's also like the side of, which I didn't grow up like this, but a lot of people did of like participation ribbon kids, right? Oh yeah. Where anything you do gets rewarded. So why... Mm -hmm work harder if you're going to get a ribbon and a trophy no matter what. And yeah. then now maybe that is pl- now that's those so people are now adults. Yeah. That's right? so interesting. Yeah. I don't know. Now I feel like when we get off this, this call, I'm going to like research that. Maybe it'll be my next article. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That is so interesting. I don't know. Like, I mean, I agree with the, what you said about like the participation ribbon and stuff. Like we definitely grew up being told we were like the Picassos of our generation. If we drew like a fish (laughs) on a piece of paper, I don't know. Yeah. How does that affect our our mental health for sure? And I don't think it's everyone. Like there are definitely people that are, that are in to work hard and it's work hard, but yeah, I don't know. That's very interesting. It's always interesting when I read like books or articles especially by Mark Manson, who will say things like, you're not unique, you're not special. Mm -hmm. Like, just so you know. Yeah. Because I don't know, like, I feel like every millennial, not every, but a lot of millennials feel like, oh, I'm so special. I have all of these skills and I can do all Mm -hmm. this stuff. And like, or I have all of this experience. I'm so unique. And like, Mm -hmm. it's so interesting when you read people who write articles just like you do, who literally break that down and like, no, you're not like, you need to like be a bit more humble and yeah. Humility is so key. Yeah. Yeah. I think I've heard of him before now that you mentioned that the uh, Mark Manson and how he says like, you're not special, blah, blah. I mean, be confident in yourself, but at the same time, right. Like, and I think that's like, I talk about that a lot in terms of mental health. And like, if you're just stuck up in your head thinking that like, no one's ever gone through what you're going through and you're broken. Like, yo, you were going to make things a hundred times worse for yourself. Yeah. Cause I promise this moment yeah. you start talking about it or you start researching or reading about yeah. it. You are not special. People have gone through the same thing. They understand yeah. there are people out there that can help you. But 
from what you said, totally. And I do think that's probably another thing that's plaguing us. I, and in relation to what we said about people hiring millennials, I was just talking to my friend and her boyfriend's mom works for like accounting for like NBA players. I could be totally wrong, but I, that's like, I'm just going to go with that's what she does. Yeah. And either she owns the company or she's like very high up in the company and she'll interview these millennials and they'll basically like straight out of college want her position, even though she's been working there and building it for 20 years and she has her own degree. And it's just like, what? What? And I, I mean, I'm sure I felt that way too about things. Like, yeah, we like feel very entitled nowadays. Yes. Yes. It's a big sense of entitlement. It's very much like, oh, this trauma happened to me. Therefore I should get special treatment. Or it could be the other way around. Like, oh, this trauma happened to me. Therefore, woe is me. Everyone else is special, but not me. But it's Mm. still the same thing of like, I'm unique. I'm different. I'm entitled. Like it's the same issue. And it's, it's so hard to get out of that thinking. Like, I don't know. And I think it's just social media and the internet. It's like you said, like, I just don't, everyone wants, you know, a six figure salary by 25, Mm -hmm. a beautiful apartment, a beautiful partner, blah, blah, blah. Like all of these things. And it's like, I don't know. I think it's like, you just got to take your happiness into your own hands. And that's, you can't bring it to work. You can't let it affect your job. You can't let it affect your relationship. Like you can definitely reach out to people for help and and have that and like vent to people. But in the, at the end of the day, like you got to, your mental health is on your own hands and trying or letting it affect your job and stuff is just, it's not, there's literally nothing that's going to happen except for like being detrimental for yourself. So yeah, I don't know. It's a very interesting phenomenon that's going on nowadays. Yeah. I also think a part of it is like, we see so many like overnight successes Mm-hmm. Right. So, oh, right. Which is like never true. Which is never true. But then when you <laughs> see it, you're like, oh, this person created a company by X, whatever. Yeah. And they're doing this and they, the, you know, they have like this deal or whatever is going on. Mm-hmm. Like, why can't I have that? Like, oh, they did it. It's possible for me. Oh, okay. Like, I, you know what I mean? And it's like, yeah. no, that person actually like worked for five years, had three jobs, X, Y, and Z happened. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like, Yeah. I think that's such a good point. It's like, you have to put in the work. You can't compare your chapter one and someone's chapter like 30. Like there is always work that's put into it. And we think that like all of a sudden it can just like magically appear and that's, yeah, it's not the case. No, it's so true. And that's like, so back to the comparison thing of like looking online and finding these people and being like, wow, they're so amazing. They do this. Mm -hmm. But like most of the time it takes hours and hours of work unpaid work really if you're building something from scratch seriously Um, and yeah like you know like you're writing and your podcast like how much of the brand work that we do is unpaid like oh totally if it weren't for medium it'd be all of it (laughs) so literally (laughs) yeah Yeah. and people are like oh it's so great you have a podcast that's so fun I'm like cool it's literally like 10 hours of my week working unpaid great but it's fun exactly yeah exactly that's such a good point yeah people don't even they don't realize and like oh yeah but I mean it's worth it right like it's worth it if you realize that you're playing the long-term game Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I I totally think, and that's like, if you put in the consistency, you put in the work, like amazing things can happen, but it's not going to happen quickly and it's not going to happen overnight. Like that's what people need to realize. Yeah. Yeah. And along the way you have to 
um, what's the word? I'm like, what's the thing I'm looking for? Along the way, you have to take care of your mental health. Yeah, and like do check-ins and check like- in with yourself. Yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah. Don't let it. Doesn't have to be such a huge impediment as other yes. people let it be. Yeah. So I'd love for you to talk about your book that you're writing. Yeah. So <laughs> that's a great segue because I my book is basically about the uncertainty that people are feeling during their twenties. Nice. And yeah, it's like quite the endeavor to take on because like I got the idea for the book before this trip, but I was in San Francisco and I like to do these like really long walks when I go to new places. So I was just walking, I think I walked like 10 miles by myself in San Francisco, but yeah, and I just got the book idea. Even how we've talked so far, like everyone in their 20s feels like this uncertainty and this loss feeling. And I'm, my book is not to be like the book that's like, here, do like X, Y, and Z, and this is how you fix it and you're good. Mm-hmm. It's more so to make it, it's to normalize the feeling. Yeah. It's let you know that everyone's feeling it. This is why you're most likely feeling it. And here are some steps to make yourself feel better in the moments when you feel lost and stuff. And maybe here's some steps of how you can like start your journey mm-hmm. into something that's more, into a life that's more purpose-filled. But it's just kind of to normalize it because everyone's feeling it. Everyone's feeling it. No one wants to talk about it. Mm -hmm. And I'll be the one to talk about it. (laughs) Do it. Good. You should. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah. Because honestly, no one, no one talks about it. And I think I should talk about it too. But I mean, it is what it is because it's so, it's, I don't know, it's easy to like forget that people, like we said, it's easy to forget that other people are feeling the same. Mm -hmm. And like, since I started like the idea for writing this book back when it was just an idea and like bringing it up to people, they're just like, Oh, like all my friends and I feel that let me know when you write it. Or like <laughs> I talked to like a book editor and she's like way older, but she's like, Oh, like my grandchildren are in their twenties and they're totally feeling this. Like, let me know when it's done. Like yeah. everyone's. Yeah. We need like a manual, like a how to twenties, how to survive your twenties. Yes. Seriously. seriously. Like, I also think it's hilarious that millennials came up with the word adulting. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Because like before it was like lifing, it was just life. And then yeah. we're like, no, we're going to put a label on it. It's called adulting. It's like, called adulting. Classic. Oh that's like hilarious. No. Oh, that's, I yeah. think what's crazy is like we, and also we use the term millennial and like nowadays, like I think millennial is like three or four years younger than me, or maybe two years younger than you. I actually don't know how old you are, but <laughs> what I don't even know what the generation below us is Z, X, something like that. Like yeah, millennials are. Yeah, I think it's Gen Z. We're getting yeah. old. <laughs> yeah, because my, my little bro is that. So I think millennial is like, it's actually quite a big span. I'm pretty sure it's like 95 to 80. Yeah. 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 It's so 95 is the cutoff. Yeah. 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 My little bro was born in 97 cut from a different cloth. I tell you. Right. Yeah. Dude. I mean, it's hard for us. I can only imagine for them yeah. right now. I could not be in high school with social media. Oh my gosh. Have you seen euphoria? Like total side note. I've seen it. I've seen like an episode of it and I'm just like poor high schoolers. Seriously. My God. So everyone listening, euphoria is a HBO high school show. Mm-hmm. Watch it. I could only watch like one episode a day because it's so dark. It's really dark. It's, it's really, really dark. Really dark. It's crazy dark. Like yeah. Zendaya, fantastic main character. But yeah, being in high school with social media, dating apps, and all of that, like I could not. Like I nope. Whoa, I didn't even think about like high schoolers are probably using dating apps. Oh, totally. 
you know how easy it is to live on your age on Tinder and stuff? Like oh. totally or Bumble, whatever. Wow. That's yeah. insane. That blows my mind. All yeah. right. <laughs> and then like, and then imagine being 16, saying you're 18 and having access to all of these older men or like whoever you're uh, you. bad news bears. Like, Oh my gosh, I could yeah. not. Yeah. Oh God. Yeah. When I was in high school, I got Instagram like second year of university. But when I was in high school, there was none of that. So like if you met yeah. people from other high schools, it was at parties. And yeah, exactly. Out or like sports games. Mm-hmm. But now I feel like if you're in high school with Instagram, you could just meet everyone. Totally. And, oh, like the drama, like, oh my gosh. Yeah, seriously. Yeah. It's a whole other ballpark. Yeah, I literally watched Euphoria and I was like, I'm not having kids. Okay, uh, cool. Yeah, right? Like, like oh my God, my future children. Yeah, such oh, a good gosh. show. But it's so similar to what you talk about because it just talks about mental health and like mm-hmm. yeah. how destructive it can be if you don't take care of yourself, especially yeah. when you're young. Yeah, yeah, seriously. I only made it to one episode. Yeah, like, this one is episode. a lot. Yeah. <laughs> Well, I want to thank you so much for coming on the podcast. It was like so awesome to talk to you. I think like, we've been friends for a while. So yeah, thank you. Thank you. This is fun. I'm, I always love talking about this kind of stuff. Yes. So like, when does your book come out? That's a great question. Cause I'm still writing it, but so my goal is to have it done by like November, December, and then I will, I'm probably only going to try to pitch it to two public or publishers. And if they don't take it, I'll just self-publish. And that'll be in like probably January, February. So early 2020. Nice. Is it an ebook or are you printing it as well? I'm going to print it. Cool. I love that. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. You should put some of your drawings in it. Oh my God. (laughs) Thank you. Actually, I plan to do more drawing stuff once I, this is like so specific, but once Apple puts out their new iPad, I'm going to get iPad below that for cheaper and I'm gonna start doing more digital drawing stuff well maybe that'll come up on my Instagram we'll see you're so creative I love it oh thank you thank you so where can people find you connect with you all the things yes so I am at wander with Kirsty w-a-n-d-e-r with Kirsty k-i-r-s-t-i-e on Instagram and then I guess the other way that, I mean, I'm on Medium. It's just Kirsty Taylor. If you look my name up, you can find me. And then I have a newsletter that I do, which is kirstytaylor.substack.com. Sub, I don't know if I, I'm always like, do I need to spell things? I'm like, <laughs> sub is S-U-B-S-T-A-C-K, which Substack is like the coolest platform ever. If anyone needs to make a newsletter, it's bomb. It's a very cool platform. That's how you can find me. I also have an advice column. So if you ever want your own article written by me specifically to you on your problem, email me, info at kirstytaylor.com. Oh, I love that. I did not know you did that. Yeah. I mean, it's hard because like it's, I'm trying to get people to write into it and I only have three so far. So yeah. If anyone's listening, write in. Yeah. I'll write in. There you once, go. Once a week with my current problem. <laughs> like it's Brittany again. No. Yeah. It's anonymous by the way, but. Oh, cool. That's awesome. Well, thank you so much. Yeah. And I'll put all your links in the show notes and I'm so excited for your book coming out. It's going to be. Yeah. Really thank you so much. Appreciate it. Yeah. No worries.
I hope you enjoyed my discussion with Kirstie. As I said, it was quite different and just really like open and honest about what we're both kind of dealing with being two females in our 20-somethings and navigating that whole world with work and life and health and relationships and all these different things. So definitely check her out. I have put all her resources and links in the show notes and I hope you enjoy it and stay tuned for another episode next week. Thanks. Thanks.